Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the RR Show. I'm so pleased to have you here with us for episode 175. Today, we are jumping into r slash entitled parents for some juicy goss and some fun stories. With our first one today from OK Interview 1739, an entitled mother rips open the doors on my ambulance and it does not end well for her. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. So this just happened last night, and I still can't believe someone would do this. I'm a 30 male and a paramedic. I've been an EMS for the past eight years, and I absolutely love my job. Last night, we were dispatched to a 75-year-old female who fell at home. The patient stated that she tripped over her carpet and hit her head when she fell. We arrived on the scene and noticed that the home was a duplex with our patient's door on the right and her neighbor's door on the left. We made our way into the home and found her lying on the floor. The woman was awake and breathing. We started asking her the standard questions. Are you okay? Does anything hurt? Do you remember the fall, etc.? She stated that she has a pounding headache and that she remembers walking to bed and then waking up on the floor. In my field, that's a pretty big red flag. We noticed that she's got a pretty good lump on the side of her head and a big bruise starting to form already. Noticing the bruise, I asked her if she was on any blood thinners. She said she was on a blood thinner for a previous stroke she had a few years ago. We urged her to let us take her to the hospital because there was a possibility that the fall could have caused a bleed in her brain, and she should go to the hospital and get some scans done. She agrees, and we begin to package her up. We applied a C-collar around her neck in case of any C-spine neck injuries. She denied any neck or back pain, so we lifted her up and placed her on our stair chair. A stair chair is exactly what it sounds like. It's a chair with tracks that we use to carry patients up and down stairs. As we were getting her out of the house, her neighbor whipped the door open and started yelling about how she couldn't sleep with all the lights and noises outside. The sound of the stair chair apparently woke her up, and she was not happy about that. My lieutenant walked over to her and apologized and said that we're dealing with a medical emergency and that we would be leaving soon enough. The Karen neighbor then noticed that our patient was her neighbor, and that is when she started yelling about something totally different. The entitled neighbor started yelling, You can't take her to the hospital. I have errands to run tomorrow, and she needs to watch my kids. My lieutenant again reiterated that we were here for a medical emergency, and that her health is more important than her errands. The entitled neighbor let out a loud huff and slammed the door in his face. We thought that was the end of it. We were wrong. After a few minutes in the back of the ambulance, we told our lieutenant that he could take the engine crew back to the station and that we were going to be heading out in a few minutes. After we checked her vitals, got an IV going and started giving her IV fluids, my partner got out of the back and went up to the driver's seat. About five seconds later, 
The back doors of my ambulance fly open, and who do I see? The entitled neighbor, of course. Apparently, she needed a few minutes to get dressed before coming outside. I yell at her, What in the hell do you think you're doing? She yells back, I told you, she can't go to the hospital because she needs to watch my kids tomorrow. She then starts trying to pull the car out of the ambulance with our patient on it. Luckily, she didn't know how to unlatch the cot and couldn't get her out. Our patient says, I can't watch kids tomorrow because I fell and I might be having a stroke. The entitled neighbor yells back at her and says, You're fine! You don't need to go to the hospital because you're not having a stroke! My partner then hears the commotion and goes to the back of the ambulance. He pulls her off the cot and I slam the lock on the door. You could tell that the entitled neighbor was about to become combative. It's important to know that either the police department or the sheriff's department responds to our calls too when it's at night. Because of where we are, it took a few minutes for the sheriff's department to show up on the scene. But he got there just in time. I couldn't hear much through the door, but I saw the officer get out of his cruiser with his taser drawn. My partner runs back up to the delivery driver's seat and starts heading to the hospital. The last thing I saw through the back window was the entitled neighbor stomping towards the officer and then her hitting the ground after being tased. Ugh, super satisfying to watch. I was talking with my patient and I asked what all that was about and she said that the entitled neighbor will just drop her three young kids off at her house and leave for several hours at a time with no notice. My patient had no idea that she was supposed to watch the kids at all because, again, the entitled neighbor never even gave her a heads up about these things. Like I said in the beginning, this happened last night, so I don't have any updates, but I'll post an update when I learn more. Small update. My contact at the hospital said that the patient does not have a bleed. She does, however, have a really nasty-looking bruise on her face from the blood thinners. It's incredibly common. She'll most likely be going home soon. There's no update on the neighbor, yet. I probably will not hear anything back until my next shift starts. Update. Hey everyone. Sorry for the late update. Unfortunately, it's not as exciting as some of us were hoping for. So I got in touch with the officer on that call, and he said that the woman was not formally charged with anything. The patient is back home now and resting comfortably. Like I said before, the hospital found no signs of a bleed and she was discharged the next day. She was advised to file for an order of protection from the neighbor, but I don't believe I'll ever be privy to that information unless something happens again. A warning to the world and any of my neighbors if you're listening. If you deposit your kids upon me, I won't take it out on the kids because that's not fair. However, I will feed them eight espressos before giving them back and I will buy them all new puppies. Our next story is from Silver Splash. Karen demands I give my service dog to her child as it's more in need than me. That happened a few weeks back, and I was really hesitant to share it here, hoping that Karen doesn't recognize herself, but here it is. I, 23 non-binary, was browsing in a shopping center with my autism service dog, Knox, one female, as a training. I was picking up clothing and trying them on, hoping that at the end of the training I'll find something that suits my style. As I was entering another alternative clothes store, Karen tapped me on the shoulder. You know dogs aren't allowed in the store, right? Me, visibly confused, uh, I'm sorry? Are you deaf? I said that you need to leave. Me, as I point to Knox's vest, showing the label and the program name that certified her. Ma'am, this is a service dog. I've... 
You are clearly not disabled, even less you're not autistic. You can talk. Now leave the store before I call security and have you banned. Uh, excuse me, please? No. I'm going to walk you to the exit to be sure that you and your dog are leaving. In this moment, Knox alerted. I needed to sit down, but I couldn't. Everything was so loud, and it seemed the lights were getting even brighter. I started crying, and Knox moved between my legs for comfort. Go away! Oh, grow up, my idiotistic verbal scam dog trained my- Her speech was becoming more and more muffled as I got more and more overwhelmed. I attempted to sit on the ground. Karen grabbed my arm. Don't touch me! If up until this moment we didn't have a crowd, now we definitely did. A security guard appeared. I calmed a bit, enough to understand speech. What's happening here? This person over here is faking. They've scanned the program to give them a service dog for their autism. My child will benefit from that dog more as it really has autism and doesn't speak. I need that dog. As she was saying, I felt a tug on Knox's leash and I unclipped it from her collar. Now I was holding Knox by her harness and she was sitting right in front of me, giving me gentle snuggles and kisses. How dare you? Security, do something! Mister, is that dog a service dog? Yes. They don't need it. Shush. Do you have an ID for the dog? And can I have yours? Yes. I gave the security guard the needed documents. They checked them and gave them back. Quick side note, I'm not in the US or the UK. There's no such thing as owner-trained service dogs. Service dogs are trained by professional trainers and are free. There are requirements that need to be met, such as diagnosis and or an interview with medical team lead or therapist. Okay, your documents are intact, you may go. No, that's not fair. My kid needs that dog more than this adult. Ma'am, I will ask you to return the leash to this gentleman and continue your day. No, this is for my service dogs that they're now holding. Ma'am, that's theft. If you don't return the leash now, I'm afraid I'll have to call the police. Karen handed the leash to the security guard who gave it back to me. I was escorted to the restroom by the security guard to make sure Karen doesn't continue to harass me. I washed my face and went to the nearest bench to sit and calm down a bit. And then I left. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Right guys, our next story is from Rustproof Orb. My entitled mother gets pissed that I don't stick around to watch her fight with my drunken stepfather and then gets more pissed when she finds out I spent time with my father the following day. So the title is a long one because this event takes place over a two-day span. Apologies in advance for spelling, dyslexia is a bitch. The weekend of Canadian Thanksgiving, I was to spend the Sunday at my mother's house for dinner. Two big things for background. One, my parents divorced when I was two, now 24, and my mother is still bitter about it. Two, she doesn't approve of my soon-to-be husband and has made that very clear over the past five years that we've been together. 
On that Sunday, my soon-to-be husband hadn't been feeling well and we already knew that this day was going to be stressful. Uh, my mother was going to be making backhanded comments all day. So I told him to stay home and I would make up an excuse for him. She picked me up at 11.30, as I don't drive because of a medical condition, and we were back at her home by 11.40 so she could finish dinner and everyone could sit down by 2. Now here is the important part. My stepfather is an alcoholic, as his his younger brother and his brother's wife, who she invited as well, and no one on my stepfather's side of the family knows how to show up on time for anything. I spent the hour getting orders barked at me and dodging backhanded comments such as, that's what you wore, you couldn't be bothered to wear something nice. I was in a black dress, pants, and a nice black shirt with a saying on it, while she was in an ill-fitting, stained and sweaty top with leggings. What's wrong with your face? Are you having an allergic reaction or something? I have a medical condition that makes sores and acne pop up all over my body, and have since I was 10. Also, it was two patches of small blackheads the size of a dime on the tops of each of my cheekbones. I don't want to hear excuses anymore. If he doesn't like my cooking, then he can say it to my face. He hasn't ever complained about her cooking, but he doesn't like the taste or texture of mushrooms, and one of her casseroles that she insists on serving every time we come over is cooked in cream of mushroom soup. How are you ever going to save up for a house? You barely have enough savings as it is. You need to reinvest it in something to make more money, because you'll never be able to save up enough for a home. You're just gonna end up spending it on crap. The only reason why she was at her house is that my nana died and she paid her uncles a discounted price to buy them out of the deed. By 2.15, she was pissed no one else had shown up, saying, It was typical no one could respect her dinner and bother to be here on time. When I pointed out that I'd been here early for every family event since I moved out and even contributed to them, whether it was through food or decoration, she told me, well, that doesn't count, because I picked you up. Besides, if I hadn't, you would have been late as well. At that point, I was ready to start crying and go home, but unfortunately, family started arriving, so her dinner was saved. The moment my stepfather's brother and sister-in-law showed up, my stepfather disappeared down into the basement to get himself, his brother, his sister-in-law, my stepsister and stepsister's boyfriend's beers. None for my mother or me, because we aren't part of his half of the family. He then proceeded to either grab them himself or send my younger brother, 17, down for four more rounds before dinner is over, and is on the verge of being drunk by the fifth round. My mother was getting increasingly annoyed by this, as he needed to be at work at 5am the next morning, and she has had thousands of fights with him over the last 18 years about his drinking but still refused to say anything to him at the moment expecting him to correct his behavior himself. My stepsister, who had stopped after her first beer, saw this as well and knew a fight was brewing. I excused myself to the bathroom to text my stepsister, asking if when she took off she could take me home. Thankfully, she agreed. I was then forced to sit and watch my stepfamily get drunk, excluding my stepsister and her boyfriend for the next two hours as they completely ignored my presence on the sofa next to them and my mother declared the kitchen off-limits so she could pack leftovers and do dishes. Dishes that she expected me, and only me, to volunteer to do. While everyone else sat round, my brother hid in his room, but I wasn't allowed to enter the kitchen until she had decided it was alright, but wouldn't tell me when that was. 
I could physically taste the hate, the tension coming out of the kitchen, waiting to explode at my stepfather in front of an audience. So when I got up to leave, the following conversation happened. Where are you going? Oh, my stepsister said she didn't mind driving me home. Since you picked me up, I figured it would be better on your gas tank if I left with her. Yeah, I don't mind. She's only like five blocks down from me and it's on the way. Oh, I thought you were going to stick around and chat for a while. In a rather forceful tone, trying to make me stay. No, I, I should really be getting home. I need to make sure the dogs get out. Husband probably fell asleep after his shift. Well, I don't have your leftovers ready. Obviously a lie, as they'd been sitting on the table for the last hour ready to go. Oh, that's okay. I still have leftovers from dinner last night. You can send those in stepfather's lunch for work tomorrow. She's now obviously pissed and sighs deeply. No, hold on! And she proceeds to shove a bag of leftovers into my hand. There! Thanks, Mum. By the way, I have another dinner with friends next weekend, so I'll be by Wednesday for the egg plate. I brought deviled eggs for dinner. Fine, see you then. We then said our goodbyes and I went home to scream and rant to my soon-to-be husband for two hours. The next day, I got a hold of my dad to do board games at his place. We typically play D&D on Mondays, but it being the holiday, our group was taking a break. In the middle of the game, I got a phone call. Where are you? Um, at dad's house. Well, why are you there? I thought you were doing Thanksgiving with your father. Note, there had been a death in the family on my stepmother's side, so her mother, who typically hosted Thanksgiving, wasn't up to hosting this year. We're having Thanksgiving dinner, just playing board games. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to bring you your plate another day. I'm now very confused. I thought I was going to come by Wednesday to pick it up. She's now angry and snapping at me. Yes, but I thought it would be nice to bring it to you. Oh, okay, thanks. Do you need Dad's new address? No. I'll just have to bring it to you another time. Um, okay. Well, I guess you want to get back to your game, so I'll go. Okay, thanks a click. That phone call lasted less than two minutes, and when I got home, I found out from my neighbors that she'd come to my apartment building, banged on the door for five minutes, knowing we have an easily startled dog inside, and when she didn't get an answer, started knocking on all of our windows. It took three separate neighbors telling her we weren't home for her to get it that we weren't there. Is it just my view of things, or is this upsetting to others? I have been in persistent panic attacks since, and need to know if I'm being ungrateful or if she truly is a narcissist. Narcissist 100%. That's it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for watching. If you want to check out our other lovely jubblies, check out therrshow.com. But until then, guys, until the next episode, peace out, take care. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life 
on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do, too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.